0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Burnt Out Entrepreneur. We are thrilled today to have on our show Chanel Robe, a client success strategist and burnout survivor who is passionate about helping coaches and entrepreneurs achieve success without sacrificing their well being which is also part of my mission as well. And her mission is to help all of her clients get results without burning out, and Chanel brings a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and inspiring insights to our conversation today. So, I'm gonna be dropping you into the middle of this conversation because it got so good, I forgot to hit the record button. So, let's take a listen.
1: You said something. We're talking about this whole thing with the mess and being comfortable in that mess to the point where it no longer even becomes a mess to you. And I saw something this morning that said that similar thing. About even overwhelm and stress and support. So and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Here, some people are so used to being in overwhelm and being in stress mode that it becomes a norm for them. It becomes the norm. So you're like, it's killing you off, killing your health, killing your family, killing your relationships, killing your time with God, killing you your time with you because you really don't even know yourself no more but you are so used to it you have been on that roller coaster and that hamster wheel for so long you're used to it it's like the norm
0: there's that commercial that says you get nose blind to the smell so i'm sure uh-huh. my house smells like dog. bug <laughs> but i don't smell dog because i sit in it all day but for someone who walks into the house, we're like, oh, someone has a dog here. So that's yeah. the same thing. We don't understand that what we're doing is actually uh, killing us slowly. Mm-hmm. It's just normal. normal to be running around and doing all the things. Or for me, with the tech automation, it's just normal for me to be stressing out over sending contracts manually yeah. or just sending a new contract to each client manually And uh, for one of my clients, I made a really long zap, eight or 10-step zap, just um, because I was like, and my client was signing her clients on the weekend, but the virtual assistant didn't really work weekends when Mm -hmm. I was in charge of client success. And so she would kind of have to hop on, log into her computer, send the contract if my client made a sale, and then be on her way. And I was like, No. No. (laughs) no so what i ended up doing was creating that multi-step zap so okay everything is automated from the time that they and this was before we had it like an actual sales page they Mm -hmm. would make a sale on stripe or paypal and then as soon as we got that payment notification all of the the contracts similar to how i set this podcast up like when you book the thing then it sends you the contract Because the first couple of them, I was like, no, I'm not doing this every single time. I'm not sending speaker (laughs) contracts every single time. Uh, Nope. It's
1: stressful. And the thing is, it's really funny how easy it is for us, but something to be so normal to us that... This is like okay, that's the way it is. I keep doing that. I keep doing that, and and I say that to say that there are a lot of times when we are at a level in terms of our mindset. um, We're at a level in how we're doing things that are really wrecking havoc on the rest of our lives, and because we have no idea of the other possibilities that exist, um, we. We get comfortable being like, okay, this is what it is. This is what I've known and so forth. And so for me, I think one of the big things for me is that I want to surround my, and it's something I've started praying about because I'm like, God, surround me with people who expand my mind, expand where I am at. That shows me other possibilities. That shows me, oh, you can, this is where your mindset is at. Right. No, this is where you think you can be, but you can actually be up here. And it's really interesting how we're talking about this. And we started the conversation at just, <clears throat> a conversation and just, hey, overwhelmed and overstressed and talking about with garbage <laughs> and so forth. It's a phenomenal principle at the root of it. When even the Lord talks about exceedingly abundantly above all. And I think for us, even our understanding of that is limited because our limits of exceeding abundance is here when God's is all here. <laughs> We can't imagine it because we have no idea of what anything beyond where our limit stops. Because we've never seen it before. We've never experienced it before. Because any normal people, if you see something that's better than what you're doing, unless you really, really are, I don't even know the word for that, stuck
0: in your process, we'll just say,
1: (laughs) stuck in your ways and everything, you'll be like, oh, you're saving this amount of time. Oh, you now get to spend time with your family? How do you get time to go on vacation and be able to shut off totally? I want that too. What are you doing?
0: 100%. And it's until we see the possibilities that we don't yeah. know. As a lot of the clients that I talk to, when we streamline you know, their clicks to the clients process, and they're like, I can yeah. have like one thing and then go into the next thing and the next thing. Especially when I talk to people about the client onboarding processes, they're like, hey, what? You can automate that? Just because yeah. they don't know. They've heard of Zapier, but they've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Action, once they learn about how much they can automate, they always come back. Can we automate that?
1: Can we do that? <laughs> that's it. And that's where you want to get people to. Where it's not only God, they're now seeing what the possibilities are, but they're now thinking outside the box, like, dang I have that thing too. Can we do that? <laughs> Can we shape that? You open to get into that explorative, creative mode. That's the yes. word. Creative. We're all creative yes. beings. And it's really interesting. The Bible talks about the fact that we're meeting God's image. And a part of that is that a lot of us are going through life without activating our creative side.
0: And I think that's the part when we're talking about the different burnout archetypes, the most creative is a popular archetype because she's the one that has a lot of ideas. And then there on the opposite end of the spectrum is the one who's more cautious, the perfectionist, which I think you are, according to your quiz. She's just more calculating. And- it, it, none of it is bad like, like we're all created in god's image right? I, I just always think like part of his image where we formed with because he he's all four archetypes we just happen to be particularly ingrained in.
1: in one i don't think it means that we can't tap into all as you said just, so you think about it is like we have this joke in jamaica where this is like god created you you're in the the talking line that's why you talk so much you're very very curious because you're in the line that was responsible for curiosity or your eyes or you're in the beautiful line and so forth and so i i think of it as in hey um i, I took long in the planning line and the other areas kind of like run out on me that's why it <laughs> it's not as dominant for me but i've also realized that if i think about it even from the disc perspective and um, this talked about the fact that you have an adaptive state versus your natural state. And so for me, as you were saying, I recognize that even though I have a natural inclination towards planning and wanting to organize things, etc., I'm very creative. Girl, I used to draw. I, I wrote songs, I wrote poetry, I love the art stuff. I have art. So I have a creative nature. It's just that I don't indulge it most because in my adaptive state, I needed to be more the prano.
0: Exactly. I'm the same way. I am a DI on the disc. And so I'm naturally more direct. But in my adaptive state, I, when I'm under stress, adaptive state <laughs> is I go high D, low I. I just become very combative and I become a drill sergeant.
1: I don't have time for that. We're in panic mode. Let's just get this thing done so we can get out of panic mode and I can move on with my life. And, you know, actually interesting because you say that. And I remember I was reading a post that I saw yesterday. I was talking about the fact that life has shaped us to think that we are you're too talkative, um, you're shy, um, you're too dominant in terms of your personality, etc., Um, And depending on what life has taught us, we start to tone ourselves down. And for some strange reason, I just remember, like, early in my career, I was a high D. I just wanted to get it done. And I remember I heard that a couple team members had called me the B word. Mm. And... It did something to me. I was like, God, this is that how everybody. Because for me, it was just a matter of, hey, we have this thing we need to get done. That's what you're committed to. Let's go get it done. And it did something to me. And I feel like for a long time, I pulled back more into a state. Um, I pulled back more into a laid-back state that actually, actually contributed more to my burnout. Because things I would have spoken up about, I would let slide, and so that eventually started to put me in reactive mode all the time. Try to be nice. I am being nice. (laughs) That's the word. I no longer want to be seen as the the bee. Yeah.
0: Taking the archetype test, those things can shift over time because – said we adapt when we are in certain situations so growing up i was not a project manager type but i had to become that type of because i was uh-huh. in a very masculine environment where people expected assertiveness in leadership and i was like well, okay so let me be more assertive then <laughs> and it gave me permission to do that <laughs> <laughs> And I just feel like women, a lot of times we wait for permission. And working with men, most of my career in the military and in oil and gas, men never waited for permission. They never wait. They just do. They, they just do. We're over here like, trying to navigate. And that causes a lot of burnout as well. When we're spending a lot of time, money, and energy, How do I approach the situation? And oftentimes second-guessing ourselves. Oh, should I approach this person? Each person, we are assessing them. What is their communication style? How do I approach this person? No, and then it becomes, well, and then you'll see, well, I saw a lot of the men. They were just like, bop, 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 bop. I didn't care if they stepped on anybody's toes. because we are twenty four seven operation, oil and gas manufacturing, things are flowing through the pipe twenty four seven. There was no stopping, no stopping. Everything's going and flowing. And if and that's what I think really attributed to a lot of my burnout was things were always moving twenty four seven. I know you worked in a twenty four seven environment too, right? in the tech industry and doing all of those things, all the tech pieces tech never sleeps let's just be honest tech never sleeps it doesn't matter what industry you are in even the coaching tech never sleeps my automations never sleep they're working in the background continuously but that's still better having your tech and your automations working in the background is way better than a human doing it even if you have a team for those of you who are listening setting up the automations in the background is easier on your team. One, you spend less money on your team because you paid an app to do it. You, apps cost a chunk here, a chunk there, and apps just cost money to use them. But it's still cheaper, more cost-effective to have an app than to have um, you know, a person doing. And I think that's yeah. a great segue into what you've built for coaches because you're – It's not an app per se, but for people who are listening, it behaves like an app. I call it a coach monitoring (laughs) app because it monitors your clients and it keeps track of the data in itself. And all you have to do is go into the tracker and look at the data that's already been pulled on your behalf. You look at the data, and you become the CEO, and you just look at the data, and then you make the assessments. You're not over there doing all of that stuff in the background. Like, duh, 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 uh, no. The research is already done for you. Data has already been gathered. all you, yes, you just become to you. <laughs> the decision maker instead of, looking in a bajillion different places for all the data. Oh, your data is all collected. And I mean, it's it's not the same, but I have a social media data gathering app. It gives me a report every week for all the different social media platforms that I'm on and all the engagement. The po- It tracks all the data, puts it into a report for me, and all I have to do is pull up the report and look at it and see... Which post did well, which post didn't do as well, time of day to post, it like, grabs all the data. Who doesn't want that? And you get to make the decision then and there instead of like going to Instagram and you looking at each post and all your insights. It's like, oh, no, this app grabs all the data for you, grabs all the insight, puts it in one weekly report. And I have a week by week report, I have a month by month report. So I know. And what's not all in the suite? Yeah, actually, I love your analogy around that
1: because I've never thought about Check This Clan next from that perspective. um That was the whole intent of it because I mean, even if you have a coaching platform, for those who may not know what Check This Clan next is, it's literally a clan progress tracker for coaches that. I selling point is it helps to keep keep your clients on track to results in just ten minutes. Legit, it's less, but I put it at ten minutes. And, and it's just like in the normal space of things. And I was talking about being reactive earlier. The normal space within the coaching space is build, I know as a businesses and entrepreneurs to build their whole businesses around being reactive. It's just like being reactive to collect data from your coaching platform to go look at it once a week to try and figure out where exactly your clients are at. It's being reactive in terms of, okay, sending your VA to go post a reminder and then hoping and praying that your client actually (laughs) sees that reminder and actually do the work that they're meant to do. Are you going into your private Facebook group or living in your email, living in Messenger, living in Slack, trying to keep on track of what's happening? And the thing is, you spend so much time trying to react, to keep up with that, that you miss the opportunity to actually see where your clients are at, be able to assess that data in a timely manner, and then being able to know what actions you need to take with your clients or when they need you to take those actions with them. Not when they raise their hand, which oftentimes if because they're... Novices and they really don't know what they're doing because that's why they came to you, they're gonna probably raise their hand late or just overestimate their ability to handle the issue at hand. And so now you're jumping in with you're waiting around for them to raise your hands instead sort of you being proactive and knowing where they're at and knowing your program to know that hey, at this point they will need some extra help or whatever. It it leaves you reacting, it leaves you stressed out, it leaves you. Finding out at the last minute that, hey, this plan didn't do the work that they were supposed to do. And hey, that means that they can't at peace be. Or this plan yeah. did the work, but they're not getting the results and support. So it's designed to shift coaches from always reacting and always reacting to issues and trying to keep up with what's happening to actually being able to look at a glance know what's happening with your clients, whether they did the work or not, whether they're struggling or not, whether they're okay. But some clients are truly okay. They're making what they're, yeah. they're making They and all of that.
0: It's advanced. Yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, this reminds me of an app that I used to use at work. So um, part of my job or one of the jobs that I, roles that I had was monitoring the process. So it's mm-hmm. a live process. And we we were able to grab certain data points, pressures, yes. temperatures, levels, and everything, and it would plot everything out. And a lot of um, the other people who had the same role as I did, they wanted the lines looking straight. And only when something big would pop up and there would be like yes. deviation, yes. then yes. they would see something move. But how I would set everything up is I would set it up really zoomed in view so that mm-hmm. I could see it But as soon as it starts going the wrong way yeah I can make a move on it and correct the process and then my lines would be pretty stable yes and I had so many data points but I'm like well it's it's stressing me out or I'm always thinking about it and I'm always going back and checking at it I need to add that as a data point so that I can check that pressure check that temperature check that level or even if it's like we we used to call a bad actor where it say there's a pressure gauge that's kind of like a whack and it's not behaving properly, but we can't get someone to come look at it, right? But it has to be monitored. It's like, well, let me put it on the list (laughs) and I can watch it in real time so that I don't have to be actively looking at it. So we'd have about eight different screens to to watch, but you, you can't watch all of them all at the same time. Can't be checking Slack and Voxer and Facebook like, all at the same time, you're in one or the other. Or, I mean, you may be able to have like, all of the, the windows open on on your computer, but it's really, like, no, exactly. data points coming into one place, that makes it so much easier to save time, money, and energy just looking at all the data in one place so that when you don't burn out, And your clients don't end up burning out, right? They're not doing extra work that they don't have to. It's something that they don't have to do, and they're just doing it for the sake of doing it and not getting the results. Then you're saving your clients time, money, and energy. And then also, here's something that came up for me while you were talking, is you can be a really good coach and get results for your clients, which I know that's the main reason why you built the tracker, because they're have been times i know for me going into programs and my coach has no idea where i am in the process and yes my raising my hand saying like i'm not getting a result and then there are some coaches out there that would blame the client for not Mm -hmm. doing the work yes And, and then as a client, we feel frustrated, like, oh, why did I even sign up for this coaching? Like, you're a bad coach because you, you're you not paying attention to me, especially for those of us who have high-ticket programs. And these people pay a lot of money to be in your program, especially for mm-hmm. those who have high-ticket group coaching programs, where you have multiple clients that you're tracking. It's easy to track progress when you're meeting with clients one-on-one every week. You can yeah. keep really good detailed client notes, but if, if you're managing people in a group program and like I've been a lot in a lot of high-ticket group programs, where so it's up to you as a client to raise your hand and say, hey, I need help. But for those who we're talking about archetypes, for those of you who don't have that personality and you are more of an introverted person, or if you've raised your hand in class before and you got picked on by either the other kids or the teacher, you're picked on by other kids. And kids, meaning your peers in the coaching community, most of the time coaches are in programs with other coaches. And so if you're raising your hand or you're not wanting to raise your hand because you'll feel, oh, gosh, I'm going to be seen, then anyway, it's both a great tool for a coach and client to make sure that they're on track. Both people are on track. And even if you have a client success manager, client success manager can manage, you know, your tracker and then just let you, Hey, I'm seeing. Oh, and so I think you need to check up on her or I sent her a link to book a call with you because she's falling behind so many ways that you could use the tracker.
1: Exactly. And I think as I listened to you, I had two thoughts around it Um, because and because we're talking, even at the root of everything that we're discussing, right, is around burnout. Um, one of the core reasons, I know I'm focusing on client success and helping people, helping coaches to get client success without burnout. But one of the key principles behind what I do, and it's at the very root of everything that I help my clients with, is help them shift from being... Um, Issue managers hmm. into being risk managers. When you're managing risk, you become a whole lot more strategic because I think of it as in prevention is better than cure. Especially you prevent yes. the risk or you manage the risk and you know this can possibly happen. And you put measures in place in your business to ensure that your clients are able to get that success and you're monitoring them through the process to ensure that they keep on track Versus waiting until everything goes haywire and they're like a headless chicken and I know, I'm trying to think to myself do you guys even know what a headless chicken is when you kill a chicken chicken runs around for a while before it settles down and I think one of the biggest things of burnout especially for and this is what I just said from both the clan perspective and from the coach's perspective the clans are struggling to get results they doing all the work doing all the things. And then it's also like the coach finally closing. Two sides to it. The coach finally closing is you shouldn't have been doing that. Then you have to go rework every single thing. And just think about, for example, a coach who is supposed to be helping a client with their branding. And the client goes and does the photo shoots and get their colors together and prepare the website and hire people to help them to do these things too. And then the coach... Once the client realized that, oh, i branded, but I'm still not getting sales. At that point, the coach goes in and starts looking. And it's just like, they could have done pictures better here. I don't like that look. Could have done the website a lot, lot better, even though wording is not flowing. And right. sales speed is off, et cetera. I know you have to rework everything.
0: It's like, start with the main thing, which is usually the offer. And then work everything around the offer, like a photo shoot. Yeah, just everything has to point back to your offer or you're going to have to rework everything.
1: I mean, for me, it's, it's just like when the flow of things it don't make sense. The flow of your program, it makes sense to you, but it really don't make sense to your clients. <laughs> and they're feeling the brunt of it. The way that you're monitoring things don't make sense to your plan. They're feeling the brunt of it. And then for me, I said there's two schools of thought to it because this is from the client's perspective. But then there's from the coach perspective. There's some coaches who, and those are the ones that I love to work with, are not just in the coaching industry for the money. They really, really do care about their clients. And so they are doing everything possible to get a result, help that client get results. But they are, are they doing the right things possible? The right are things they... in the
0: right time, in the right order.
1: Exactly. And with the right people. For me, I think about it as in, you're taking people. You offering a transformation in your program. That's the whole gist of it. But at the root of every transformation, no matter the process and the lovely journey that you have, they're people you guiding people to a transformation and whether we like it or not, people don't like it. No. People are not, people, they don't make it to so change without having hiccups. And so for me, it's about ensuring that you have the right people in your program, one who are prepared and equipped to actually go on that journey with you to get that transformation and make that change, etc. It's about ensuring that you have a clear journey to resource that right. those people can actually understand, right? And it's not over some hills and valleys and only knows and there's only people who can run in a plane <laughs> kind of thing. People who yeah. are so stressed out that you can't and you just won't do the work kind of thing. And then the third thing for me is, and these, the third thing for me is actually risk management, key factor is monitoring your client's progress, knowing at what stage in their journey they may need you a little bit more hands-on and necessary, and actually monitoring that progress as well to actually understand that, hey, um, the client, even though it's not an area that I would have recognized as a risk previously, they're obviously struggling here and be able to intervene at that point to, to get them going again, way before it becomes an issue. And so I think for me those are like three and they're actually change management principles. <laughs> it's change management principles. I don't know if anybody ever heard of Prosci and whatever, but that's literally their ad car model. It's ensuring that you have clients who are aware, they have the ability, they have the knowledge. And it's ensuring that you have the reinforcement, you're doing the reinforcement and the monitoring, etc. And clients with desire. But a lot of times coaches bring people who just have the desires. It's like, I want to change, and I have the money to pay for this change, but they really don't have the awareness, and they really don't have the ability to change, and then they get stuck.
0: Because then that's, that's the coach's job, is to bring that awareness, mm-hmm. to give them that ability, so they're paying for. They're paying for you as the coach to highlight their blind spots so that they are aware, and then give them, equip them with the ability piece to facilitate the change. Without the awareness and the tools to facilitate the change, the client is not going to grow. That no matter grow. how much. And that's when it comes to like we were talking about earlier, just the busy work. How many times do I have to do client avatar worksheet? Okay. Every single <laughs> coaching program you join these days, it's like client avatar worksheets and you, you I mean yes <laughs> there are fundamentals that we have to do. What's your offer? You well, know, If the, you have a client that comes in that already has thought about these things, I like, make them do it again.
1: Why not just assess where they're at? And I think that that's a piece of it as well. A lot of coaches aren't even clear on, you talked about ability. Um, I think it's a two-tiered thing because I think that coaches have certain things that they need to ensure that their clients are getting so that they're able right. to get to that transformation but i also think that there are certain things that the client needs to bring to the table um, for example um, if you're running a program where oh you know, um, that that client is going to need some extra money to do some extra marketing or they're going to need certain tools and support to be able to do the job you can't accept you know, a client and then tell them oh, you kind of know that you're going to need all that stuff when they're in the program at the point when they're going to need it and then suddenly expect that plan to be able to afford that piece too. afford that piece and do the work around that piece when you literally just bring it on them like in the box surprise um, kind of thing it, it just doesn't work it, um, yes a two-person job it's literally Coaches all the time will say, hey, we, uh, we believe that clients should take responsibility and be accountable for their actions. But at the end of the day, coaches need to recognize that they also have a part to play as much as the clients have a part to play and ensure that you're in the right people who are at the right place in the journey that you're going to take them on because then you're going to have to figure out how you're going to help them to catch up. That's another thing. People who can't do the work, but coaches... and say that there are people who won't do the work they're just not equipped they're not Not equipped equipped. they're not prepared they're not at the the point where they need to be to be able to do it
0: and that's where that avatar work does come in where does your client need to be to be a good fit for your program
1: exactly
0: and like are we out here as coaches just signing clients who, oh yeah, let me just take you on. And then it just happens <laughs> not to be a good fit because they weren't really up to uh, that place where they really needed to be. Because people have asked me before, like, oh, why don't you help people who are earlier along? And it's like, well, my tools and my strategies really work for people who are five, six, seven figures have a team those are the people that really can apply the principles that I teach
1: exactly they have the money they have the resource and it's not
0: just an avatar it's not just
1: somebody who has a credit card or has a pain point that you help to solve it's literally somebody who as we point out they have not just desire but they have the ability on their part to actually make that change
0: and then even in my how I help my clients I'm like You need to come with your own copy. You need to come with your own graphics. Exactly. That's not my zone of genius. And if you have a copywriter in your team or if you're going to do the copywriting yourself, there are things deliverable that I need from you as a client in order for us to proceed. Because if you don't have those, then why are you going to invest?
1: Because they won't be able to get the transmission that they have because they're not coming with the prerequisites.
0: I mean, it's a college. There are three-level <laughs> courses that you take, and because that's when you learn the foundational skills for writing papers. You need English 100 to learn how to write papers for higher-level classes. And then you think, like, why do I don't have to take these. Oh, well, we're not even going to go on that wagon. But right, <laughs> there's certain classes that you're like, why do I need this? And the the Institution determined that these were the prerequisites, or these were the the core classes that you need in order to excel and actually graduate and succeed in the higher level classes.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, that, that's so one point, and I think. And then you know? It's actually a sales and marketing principle as well. I did not know that. I was reading a book by Dan Kennedy. I don't know if you know Dan Kennedy, but he's like a marketing genius, a genius in the marketing space and in the sales and marketing space. And he was actually talking about that principle in his book um, where he was saying that a lot of marketers remain on level one, where it's just the avatar. As long as you have the demographics, you're good. Never looking at the the psychographics. That's what you call it, right? Psychographics alongside with that thing about, can you actually do the work? kind of thing. And so I was like, well, and there's nothing new under the sun, but Bible says it but well, I was just like here is some good stuff that a lot of sales and marketing people miss.
0: And that's why you have unhappy clients and you don't get referrals because some of the people that you do take into your programs to, and it's it's not about not being a good fit. It has nothing to do with you as a person. You're just not there yet. It's like you can't be a freshman in college applying for a 300, 400 level class. You just can't. You're yeah. not equipped yet.
1: You're not equipped yet. And you're right. You said something there. Um, and I think we're on the you know, entrepreneurial podcast kind of thing. You said you knocked on something there where a lot of people take it personally. I've had conversations with coaches around hey, um, if the plant isn't a good fit, Is that you say no to them before you enroll them? So it's like, sorry, I understand the situation that you're in. I really, really wish I could actually help you, but you're not yet at that stage. So here, if you're able to recommend somebody, go recommend somebody. Or if that client is in your program and you're monitoring the other pieces that I talked about, which is that clear journey and you're monitoring their progress and seeing how they're going along, you realize that, hey, based on what's happening with that client, they're really, really not a good fit. They don't have the ability to get to the end. Um, firing that client. I, I like to think of it like literally everybody's just like, hold on. Um, are you saying firing a client? And I'm like, it's an honor to actually fire who isn't that the space to work with you rather than you wasting your time. And And you're wasting
0: theirs, too. And you're wasting theirs, too. They're just like disappointment, and then you get bad vibes between the two of you, and then this just becomes bad. We all talk about, or in the industry, sales is like eating. If you're on a first date with someone and you're not really attracted to them, then, or there's not that chemistry there, it doesn't warrant a second date. I've been there. Okay. Oh, let's just be nice. Back to that nice word again. Oh, let's just be nice. And maybe it was just not a good first impression. Let's try a second date. And it's like, nope, my intuition was pretty solid. I'll just say at the snowflake society that we are in today, mm-hmm. most feelings get hurt really easily. we like, oh, you're just not for me. And that's okay. It's like there's more different archetypes. And I'll tell you, the Vernal Archetype quiz is based on the disc. It's based on the four temperaments. It's based on every four-part personality quiz, communication styles. Like, they're all the same because there's four basic (laughs) human um, characteristics or categories that people fall in. That's just how it is. And if you're just not compatible, then it's fine. It's just fine. It's just like,
1: you're nice. I'm nice. It has nothing to do with either of us' self-worth. I wish the best for you. And because even as a good Christian or a good follower of Christ, I'm loving my neighbor enough to say to you the hard truth. Hey, like, we ain't going to work out. Because we have not to a
0: good say. speak the truth in love. If we're mm-hmm. not speaking the truth of how we really feel, are we really loving our neighbor?
1: and then you're behind you spend a whole lot of time It's like complaining to this person it's exhausting to deal with the client who isn't a good fit
0: yep time money energy wasted and i'm not saying wasted it's a bad thing just waste is wasteful i don't know how else to put it
1: (laughs) i agree i love that waste is wasteful
0: i mean it sounds meta but still when we are wasting our like, time time is the only resource that you cannot regenerate Once mm-hmm. it's gone it's gone last second was last second and that one just passed and then that one just passed and then that's it and that's it we mm-hmm. can't get our time back
1: uh-huh. and i think of it like if you're spending time with things that doing things and engaging activities that you're not supposed to be spending time to if you are actually spoken up if you are actually um, stopped reacting and become more proactive it takes away from the time that you could have been spent loving on yourself it takes away from the time that you could have been spending with your family it takes away from the time that you could have spent ensuring that you're in good health And all of that and I mean like at the end of the day one of the things is when you talk about fine plans people will immediately coaches will immediately but what about the money and to me that's like a contract thing because if you're really getting proactive about how you set up your program and you're setting clear expectations up front and so forth you're able to say that hey if you're not meeting this or i'm not meeting this here's how we're going to treat the situation from a monetary perspective But, I mean, even if it comes down to this conversation of the money, at the end of the day, you can make more money. (laughs) Yes. But you cannot buy back all the things. When it comes down to time and energy, you cannot get that back. Once it's gone, it's gone.
0: So, right, I have a time wheel. But for those of you who are listening on audio, you draw a circle. Cut it into four quadrants and write T-I-M-E counterclockwise in each quadru- in each quadrant. Time and money are on opposite ends of the wheel and ideas and energy are on the other side. So T-I-M-E, time, ideas, money, and energy. So there, I always talk about the opposites of the wheel, but the other piece of it is time and energy. If you're looking at it, I will show those of you who are watching the video time and energy are on this end these guys are finite ideas and money
1: are infinite you can make as much as you want
0: and that's why i actually created the wheel this way because you can draw a line infinity going this way and this one just stops right i love
1: that i just love that um and i mean for me it's just a big thing you can actually serve people um, without burning yourself out. Um, you can actually run a business without burning yourself out. Right? Um, it's that whole thing of doing all of that and learning to honor yourself. Right? Yes. Um, understanding where your capacity stops and being able to. Fix, create things and run your business and serve others within that, the scope of that capacity and keep it moving on. For me, the other piece is, is just to quit reacting and start becoming very strategic. As business owners, any you don't pay a CEO, and no corporate company pays a CEO to go around running around trying to outfire us. They pay a CEO to be very strategic about what they do, to be proactive, to have the strategy down. Um, How are we going to get into this market? How are we going to make more money? How are we going to ensure that our clients are happy? Are we going to ensure that our employees are happy so that we can make more money? Even if not, some companies really don't miss about having their clients and employees happy. But you get the point. You don't pay a CEO to be running around by the seat of his pants. That that ain't a good CEO. That's a lineman. You paid the lineman to do the work. And so if you are calling yourself a CEO and you're serious about building a a sustainable business and it allows you that time and energy freedom that you can actually invest back in your business if you want to invest it back into your business or invest it into your family, yourself, yourself, um, your external relationships and even the visions and support the other visions and dreams that God has given to you you cannot run your you cannot keep running your business in a reactive mode like man you have to get strategic about it and get very very proactive you have to shift into being a risk manager not a fire, firefighter that's yes. the word did I just yes. say fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> But that for me is, literally, it's, I talk about from a client's success perspective, but it's
0: also a business success principle. I mean, for coaches, huh. client success is your ring stick. Yeah. I mean, yes, income is something, but right, you could sell a $50,000 package and not deliver. So you made sales, but... Did that client actually have the result? Did Would you call that a successful transaction? I wouldn't. I wouldn't.
1: And the funny thing about it is that a lot of coaches are putting out all of this energy into your sales and marketing and bringing in new people, bringing in new people, bringing in new people, treating them like up so they don't get the results. And then guess what? You could have been doing. The flip, where if you actually treated your clients in such a way where they were getting results, guess what happens? This client becomes a raving really fan, a satisfied client who what, wants to buy every garden known thing that you put out because they're like, God, you are so fabulous. You are so great. Not only that, they also want to tell everybody about you that there goes to reference and they recommend people to you, so guess what? if people right. are coming into you without you having to do all that sales and marketing effort, all those mega launches and all those copywriting stuff and hiring and doing all three months to prepare for a launch, which would you prefer? I don't know for me. I would much prefer getting clients or coming towards me and ready back to warm them up because my clients already did the job and not only that they're coming to me and because i've shifted from being reactive in my program delivery to being proactive i'm now spending even less time doing helping my clients to get results plus they're spreading the word about I'm, I'm like gosh that's a dream
0: saves you the money No Facebook ads, no fighting the algorithm. I mean, gosh darn it, maybe not even posting on social media. There you go. (laughs) That's so many headaches just removed if you have clients doing your sales and marketing for you. And that's Mm -hmm. the one whole department that you could get rid of and maybe invest more in the client success area.
1: It literally is a no-brainer that I just think too many businesses have neglected to focus on. And it's literally causing them to burn out in their overall business. Um, And on the flip end, the ones who focus in on it are doing it so in such a way, so busy firefighting and trying to handle issues that they're too exhausted to even do anything else. If rather than right. flipping the benefits around it, so I'm like, yeah. people need to get y'all act together <laughs> and just let me yeah. just say, just, just contact me <laughs> <laughs> and let's say, just get your act, just change around something, put on that CEO just see.
0: Yeah, so for those of us who are listening today and hearing everything that you know, I talked about, um, what do you have for the people listening that? You want to give them today?
1: <laughs> so, today, I. One of the things that we talked about a lot was having the right to put in your program. Um, people who have the desire, people who have that awareness, and they have the ability. Right? And so, I am giving away a tool called Avoid Nightmare Clans that actually takes you through that entire process of defining out. Um, who those right people are. No, this is gold. That's the first step. That is the first step. I use it with my clients. I've used it personally for like more, for, I don't know, probably like seven years. And I can tell you this thing works because it's a key change management principle that I've literally integrated into every step of what I do with my clients, right? So y'all don't sit on that.
0: I mean, that's the first step. A lot of times who's your client avatar this is like flipping that on its head how to avoid nightmare clients instead of thinking yes there's demographics and there's psychographics but then there is a certain this other piece how to avoid nightmare clients and now we just got a new puppy so have to train people how to treat you in any in any relationship you train your clients how to treat you, and how do you appear to your client? Are you showing up on social media? How will they get to know who you are? It's like dating. Sometimes we go into the first date like, oh, this is me, and then <laughs> catfishing. Can't be catfishing our clients.
1: And you our can clients be.
0: can't be catfishing us either. Exactly. How do you avoid exactly. that?
1: I love at analogy. You're on the date and you're pretty, pretty, pretty. All uh, the externals from the plant avatar, worksheet are showing up because you look pretty. But when you start to dig a little bit deeper into that awareness sector of things, are you able to do the work? And are you able to take the journey that I'm about to take you on? Then it becomes another story because now it shifts from just thinking, is my partner pretty? Do they check all of are they cute? Do they laugh cute? Do they have a cute face? And how do they dress to right. ask in the questions like, are you are gonna be a good dad? How do I know you're gonna be a good do- what kind of family drama are you coming with? Um do you have what it takes to a man who actually have dreams and visions, or are we just gonna go on this journey and kind of figure
0: Yeah that? as the recipient of that or you're on the date oh eventually i want to get married We have the same goals do
1: we have the same goals what are you bringing to the table is how is your credit score i'm gonna marry you and become a papa (laughs) so you get down into that ability piece dude i'm signing up to be my boyfriend and then eventually my husband but do you have the ability to get there are you gonna be a good husband are you gonna be a horrible husband
0: (laughs) and that's the piece, so like, how to avoid nightmare clients, go ahead and download that, the link's going to be in the show notes, and um, if there's anything that you want to leave, I know we talked about a whole lot of different things today, but if there's one piece of advice you could leave with the listeners today, what would that?
1: I would say, honor. learn to honor yourself. Um, I think for me, that was like a big thing that I have to learn because I'm somebody who believes in serving with excellence. I am somebody who believes in hitting the goals. I'm somebody who believes in just serving and serving well. And I think along the path to that, I became a people pleaser and I started to put myself last or sometimes I don't even end up on the list. That's horrible. And so for me is, even as you're a big part of avoiding burnout is learning to honor you learning to put you first and it's bigger than self-care because sometimes i hear people talk about self-care self-care is taking a vacation or having a bath one evening to just unwind and relax and, and so forth but self-love is something that you do every single minute of the day it's literally all decisions that you meet, the boundaries that you put in place how you interact with people. That's self-love. It's, and it's just like, that's the thing for me that really stands out. As you're growing your business, as you're inter- interaction with your clients, you can avoid burnout by honoring you.
0: Amen. And the Bible, the golden rule, love others. Love God, love others. We can't love others as we love ourselves if we don't love ourselves first. There you go. If we don't know what love is... How are we able to give it to others?
1: There you go. So I always think of it as in,
0: if you don't love yourself, you're going to love other people crappy. It's <laughs> a measure of love that we give to ourselves. is the measure of love that we, we have the ability to love others. If we're not loving ourselves, then there's no way that we can love others. Or, or it's just going to be... Uh, an altered state or a convoluted state of love, warped state.
1: I agree, but also what we talked about earlier, because that's where people pleasing comes from. That's where feeling like you cannot tell somebody the truth comes from. That's where feeling like you cannot show up as you and be fully vibrantly you and own your voice comes from. Because he you, lo- you don't love you. But yeah that's my thing honor yourself is that even as you go about doing what you need to do in your business and serving your clients and serving others honor you love you
0: amen okay so thank you guys for joining and don't forget to grab chanel's uh, just how to avoid nightmare clients. That is gold. So don't forget to grab that. <laughs> is
1: I can them. tell you, last goal, and if you're working with me, you'll be paying a whole lot of money just for that one piece. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll save a whole lot of time, energy, and money
0: if you get that one piece right.
1: Business,
0: everything from there will just flow nicely. Yep, yep. First things first, you got to build a foundation. And build that foundation,
1: get yeah. the right way in, and then you can take them on the right journey and monitor their progress on that journey and adjust as needed.
0: Yes. Again, thank you, Chanel, for coming today. So lovely having you on, and can't wait for whatever's next.
1: Right. thank you for having me. This was a fabulous conversation. I enjoyed myself. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs>
0: You're very welcome. Oh my God. Okay.